Summertime is heating up at Global Voice Broadcasting. Hot music, hot talk, and hot topics. All day, every day, 24-7. You don't want to miss a minute on Global Voice Broadcasting. My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Imagine if the career path you chose meant that you could never safely step foot into your family's country ever again. I'm not talking about being a government spy or engaging in criminal work. I'm talking entertainment. You might be able to guess what kind. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I am thrilled to have Nadia Ali in the studio with me today. Nadia is a first-generation American whose parents are from Pakistan. She also happens to work as a successful adult entertainer who has made waves by performing in native Pakistani dress in adult films. And yes, this means that Pakistan is not a safe place for her to be, but that doesn't keep her from speaking up. I'm so happy to have you here, Nadia. How are you doing? I'm so happy to be here at Global. Um, it's great to be globally voiced. Um, I have um, you, viewers watching me right now. So Awesome. I love that you've got your Periscope stream going yeah. on. Hello, everyone. Thank <laughs> you for watching. <laughs> That's so awesome. So I would love to hear, first of all, what your early experiences were as far as what did you learn about your body and sexuality as a young girl? Oh, as a young girl growing up, we weren't um, allowed to talk about our sexuality, only about the puberty part, um, you know, why there's women development. But um, texting a guy or AOL messaging a guy was forbidden in my family, for sure. Um, Also, uh, if I were to point or look at someone in a in a different way like oh don't look at her because she's not covered or you know just kind of like a taboo thing like it's that's something you don't do you don't have guy friends you don't have them call your house and just all these protections to prevent me from having sex which I totally understand from a parent's point of view um what I did not like is um even in Pakistan and growing up, the ideal life is the married life. Mm. And like, that's like the goal. That's like the goal for okay. a woman. Like, if you want to have your freedom, kind of the only way you will have your freedom somewhat is to be married, but it's still being up under someone. Subservient almost. That yeah. They're in charge. And is young marriage encouraged or, or forced in? Pakistan. Well, it is encouraged if if the woman is like kind of starting to be curious, starting to look around. So they think that it's better to marry her young. So that way, if she were to, you know, have sex before marriage, it would prevent that because she had sex while she was married. I see. And if she did a oopsie and had kids, then that was fine because she's married, you know. So... Um, my older sister, she got married at 16, and then she got remarried at 22. So she got divorced? Yes. 
Which is that taboo in Pakistani no, culture? No? Um, yes, it is. And, you know, the in-laws were the in-laws of my my sister um, husband's side. They were like, oh, let's solve this problem by having kids. Uh, How is that going to solve a problem? Yeah. It seems know? like it just would complicate things. Right. So that's when my mom was like, okay, now that's kind of like sketch. You know, if it's if things are not working out, there shouldn't be kids involved so luckily there wasn't no kids okay but with the second one she had better luck better successful marriage good for her but me personally i wanted something different i always wanted my freedom before marriage like if i were to get in arranged or everything i just wanted a little bit of time towards myself before that next chapter i love that and how did you go from this traditional upbringing and also having this curiosity and independent spirit, how did that then merge with this adult film path? Um, The adult film path was more so, well, I started off as a um, semi-dancer, hardcore escort, you know. Um, I started off as an escort because um, I was a hairstylist, so half of my friends that I used to kind of, um, you know, just kind of... uh, I grew up in a, like a humble upbringing. So, you know, anything that we can make $2 change of, we were kind of ready for. So my, my friends kind of got me into it part time to like escort and I got into escorting, but then I just love the idea of dominatrix, like men saying, Oh, humiliate me, tell my, you know, being worshiped and everything. Cause I, I felt like that's kind of what filled up my holes or my love holes of of that nature. It's almost the opposite of what you were exposed to. Yes. And I was like so curious, what is dominatrix about? How is like women being dominant or, you know, basically they want the woman to be in charge of everything. And, you know, they they get so turned on by it, which kind of turned me on. Like, yes, it was a job. It was a great income, but it was also something I did willingly, you know, and I was very passionate about it. Um, and how old were you around this time? Around this time, I was 22. Okay. I was 22. And did your family know that you were pursuing escort no they knew I was dancing but they did not uh, knew that I was pursuing escort and I escalated and to what amount that this escort is they just think oh what's some some sort of prostitution um no not really because um it is like an arrangement type of thing yeah like um basically they give you donation to kind of shoo away like they used you for what they wanted to and you just kind of shoo away that's what they pay you for to leave they pay you to leave basically as an escort we kind of get the concept they pay you to leave for their benefit whereas they'd be like oh it's prostitution so it's like fuck and then leave not necessarily so it could be many different activities or it could be more emotional intimacy i've heard from some escorts Emotional, companion, fetishes, um, girls, women that they have in their life, they wish they can play that role play. They do not. So you kind of play that role play with them with no type of attachment. And it's like a pleasure, pleasure for both. I gotcha. So it's mutual pleasure. It's like a fantasy for them. And it's kind of a fantasy for you that you're fulfilling too as well. And were you doing this work in Pakistan, in the U.S. or both? Um, I was doing this work in um, America, but I, I kind of traveled across America. I, I was in California. I did majority of my work in New York. I did majority of my work in L.A., California, Las Vegas. Um, I, I did travel around for numerous of things, but then I would just 
as an escort, to be a successful escort or a su- successful mistress, I thought porn was a great break because I felt like an annually salary of my own self-employment, it would enhance it. I never thought of being famous in porn, but it got me, it landed me to job to be famous in porn. I only did 20 films, but it's been successful. I kind of been, after I did 20 films in porn, I was like, I want to do more now that people are listening to me watching me i wanted to do more and it seems like it's become more than so there's the fantasy that you're fulfilling and the pleasure and the dominatrix part that you really enjoy and the independence and the income and it seems to have also become a social platform for you to educate so tell us what you hope that others might learn about pleasure specifically i wanted to know that you know what you know suppressing I feel like women are a big role in a man's life. Like, let's just say, example, your, your man is an engineer, okay? He's just a local engineer. It's, it's, if you do put your woman first and you do put your woman in front and you encourage her and give her the tools to be encouraged and morally support, that woman can do so many things for you. You have no imagine. You like, if you nurture her back, she will goes ends meet. Yeah. To to do that for you. Look at Beyonce. Beyonce got signed to Rock Nation with Jay-Z. Jay-Z put her on a platform. Look, she escalated more than Jay-Z in his career just because he put his woman first. Yeah, you know? when you really allow women freedom and believe in them and give them the opportunity to pursue whatever dreams they have There's, instead of suppress them, it's amazing what it, happens. It is amazing. And I just feel like... You know, if you put your um, significant other as an equality and you put them first, you can see how much positivity can go. If you suppress them and give them negativity, negative energy, the relationship doesn't go all around is a bad energy. And you yourself are stuck in that situation and you're just wondering why you're stuck in that situation. Most men be like, I work so hard. Why am I stuck in this situation? It's because the energy you put outside in the universe and i just feel like women are always ready to very forgiving very ready to give hope ready to give so many chances ready to make room for improvement but it just goes so far because they allow that towards them you know yeah they can only give as much as you allow right and And so it it was so important for me to not give a fuck and move out of my parents nest it was like in order for me to get you out the humble up upbringing and me to be successful in my career you have to let me go and let me bring it back home to you guys you know you have to let me go you can't be mad at what happens you know yeah it's interesting i think a lot of people especially like cisgendered white men who have had everything come very easily for them they sometimes are some of them are afraid of women being empowered as though it's going right. to take away from their lives when in fact it benefits everyone it benefits it? everyone and i just feel like um women are doing a lot more in this generation as americans as they were uh as men are doing in this generation me i am an american born i was born in new jersey englewood um i grew up in northern california i am from the bay area now i live in la i am an american born and most of my upbringing is from here so um growing up i i did feel different and outcasted because i i'm from a heavy pakistani 
Pakistani Islamic Muslim background. So I didn't fit in all the way, but I also didn't fit in all the way in Pakistan because I don't feel myself as a secondary citizen. Yeah. You know, so um, it was so important for me to be like, I don't fit back home. I kind of fit here in America. But in order to find myself, I have to leave the nest as an American and be empowered and um, stay away from any guy or attracting any guy that wants me to cook and clean and be only sexually active for him. Yeah, that is instead of it being something that you share and each have individually, like that it's a service. instead of fulfilling his needs, I need to fulfill my needs because yeah. I can fulfill everyone's needs, right? Yeah, and it's amazing when we turn ourselves on first. That's yes. something that we talk about with Dr. Megan a lot. And in the last episode, we've been focusing a lot on pleasure this this week, and right. I think it's so important to know that so many things can turn us on, so many things can turn us off. Right. And a turned on woman that there's a lot of empowerment there, and right. to know that our sexuality is our own first. We're going to take a, a question from a listener real quick. And then after this, I would love to hear more about uh, the interplay between your – because you're a practicing Muslim. Yes. And, and your career as well. Okay. So I received this question from Estelle. She said, my boyfriend and I are both never really – Watch, have never really watched porn, but heard about feminist porn and are interested in giving it a go. What are your thoughts? Estelle, that's a really good question. And there's actually someone who I would love for you to check out if you haven't already, Tristan Taramino. She's a sex educator and feminist pornographer who defines feminist porn as dedicated to gender equality and social justice. So it's some of what we're talking about today. Feminist pornography is porn that is generated in a fair manner as well. So they make sure that the performers are paid really reasonably and more importantly are treated with care and esteem and respect that their approval, security and well-being are valued and what they bring to the production is appreciated. And the main goal is to empower the performers who produce it and the people who view it. And one thing I really like is it really features it's not just some people think feminist porn is just all about woman pleasure, but actually it's it's women and men and all genders, um, all abilities. You'll see people with disabilities, people of different races, people of different ages. And I find that super sexy when when we see people who aren't, you know, I just think the variety is really awesome. So I'm a fan. I think you may really enjoy it. And here's what Dr. Megan had to say about it. As always, such a great question. Um, you know, and the thing I think I really want to explain to everyone is that uh, porn is clearly an opportunity to explore sexual desires and preferences. And I definitely think it has an opportunity to uh, enhance the sexual relationship. That being said, I think we also live in somewhat of a pornified world. And it's always important to recognize that porn and what looks like on screen gives people pleasure doesn't actually equal in real life um, great sexual education. Um, so when we're talking about feminist porn, you know, there's not enough time in this question to answer the difference between the even views of second and third wave feminists on this uh, topic. But I think the most important thing to recognize is that these are films that really are trying to, from a woman's perspective, uh, describe sort of those turn-ons. And uh, certainly Candida Royale, who recently passed away this past year, she herself had produced, um, even by 2007, over 18 movies and directed 13 of them. And the idea here is that the quote-unquote feminist porn offers opportunity to um, move away from sort of the uh, – 
sort of the mass engine, right, of, of production. It really is about respecting, you know, values and integrity and um, expressing sexuality on screen and what we think or they think uh, represents, you know, sort of true turn-ons. And we certainly know in our culture that through um, looking at what are the top sites that get looked at? There was a study in 2016, um, sort of from Pornhub, and it recognized that, you know, sort of lesbian porn is on the top. And I think the recognition of that is that it's not that necessarily globally that, you know, with, clearly by statistics, like women are lesbians, but that there's something really attractive and erotic about the art of lesbian porn, or um, maybe it's the slow down, adding the foreplay connection, visual aspects that becomes a big turn on. So, you know, the one thing I can most importantly say is when you're thinking about exploring porn with your partner, first, explore it on your own. Because I sort of say that porn is like fantasy. Just because it turns you on doesn't mean you necessarily want to do it in real life. And that's an important distinction because, you know, the idea of robbing a bank seems really hot, but, you know, I wouldn't really do that, right? But, you know, and I might, and and I actually do get turned on by um, group scenes or looking at women, but that's personally, it's always a personal choice, not something I want to do in real life. And so I think that's the most important key here is as you start having the conversation with your boyfriend and the introduction, first do a little exploration on your own, you know, to get a sense for yourself without him alongside you. Because if you're watching together, you're kind of observing, we call it spectating. Hmm, what is he thinking? What's his turn on? You know, what does he think about what I'm doing in my own experience? So first and foremost, figure out for yourself, because I believe in self and body as expert, you know, what is your own personal turn on? And, you know, explore all the different demographics in terms of, um, you know, BDSM, kink, group, lesbian, gay, right? you know, just allow yourself to truly explore. And then when you know what those turn-ons are, you know, come back to your partner, have him do the same, and then get a sense of, I would say, yes, no, not for now. You know, what are the things that felt like a green light? Wow, that really turned me on. And I would love to watch that with you. I'd like to explore that with you. So sort of going into it, neither one of you is sort of being like, hmm, what are they thinking? And so over analyzing it in your head, because that takes away from the present moment and being in the experience. And really sort of stepping a toe in the water of what feels like sort of for both of you, the red, the yellow, you know, the yellow sort of the not for now. And the red is, eh, you know, we'll check in six months or a year, right? definitely feels like off the menu. So that's what I would really say is porn is a huge opportunity to explore turn-ons for yourself, for your relationship. Um, it's an opportunity to step into a space and create conversation. I cannot stress enough the value of opening up and conversation um, really around my turn-ons and using it as a tool in that capacity. Um, because unfortunately, I think so many couples find it such a difficult conversation to have. And so coming back to your initial question, you know, for you, a great place to start might be feminism or lesbian porn. It's certainly top rated among porn sites. But I can tell you also, if you looked at uh, by state, the, you know, top ranks vary. And that might be an interesting experience to even look in your state, sort of what are the top rank sites. Um, because, you know, for Americans, it's often mill. For Australians, it can be gay men. And guess what? The Syrians tend to like their ants. So I guess what I want to say is different strokes for different folks and there's no judgment. Totally uses as an opportunity to create conversation, be curious and explore. 
Uh, love your question. And as always, let us know how it goes. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. For you all to learn more about her work, definitely check out greatlifegreatsex.com. I loved what she had to say about the fantasizing and the diversity. And one thing I'm really struck, Nadia, by in your story is I know there's been a lot of controversy because of the fact that you are a practicing Muslim. And you, am I saying this correctly? You, you wear a hajib? In hijab? Many, hijab um, in many of your scenes. Yes. So... How does it feel to be a a Muslim and also to be doing porn? And and also, how have people responded? Okay. Um, first thing first, um, when, um, when I do wear the hijab in porn, it's not necessarily to encourage people to wear a hijab and go slut off. Um, porn is educational. Porn is mind-opening, sightseeing type of thing. So... A lot of men and women always have the idea like, huh, like this hijabi woman is suppressed or she has to cover herself because of these traditions. I just kind of put it out there. If a hijabi woman were to be turned on by her husband or have a turned on fantasy, how would she do it? So now it's on camera. Um, a lot of people get the idea I'm anti-hijabi, which I'm, or I'm against hijab, so I disrespect it on camera. That's not the case. I kind of bring it into life. If a hijabi woman were to be turned on and be sexually active, how would she express herself and how would she do it? So I brought it into camera and I played that character in many ways. Um, so there was one scene where, um, you know, in Saudi Arabia, women are not allowed to drive. Um, they will be arrested. So my husband catches me driving and pulling up at, at the house in his car. So he comes, beats me up, fucks me and tells me if I, if I do anything wrong, he's going to kill me. But then when he goes back to the car, he sees that I had a surprise for him. I did his dry cleaning. So the message behind this um, porn scene was how men treat us no matter how good of a woman that we are. And no matter, you know, it's better to be a good woman and to express yourself and let them be free so they can show you love than rather than suppressing them and thinking the first negative thing if or if they were to get that freedom. Ah, so you actually wanted to shed light on both the repression and right. the belittling and the violence and then also look at the alternative. Right, because in that same porn um, video, um, Pakistan Daily News wrote an article of me being an anti-hijabi in that same porn scene um, that they displayed. And um, that same porn scene, now I'm showing them you know, kind of a slap in their face type of thing. Um, so I'll get that out the way. And what I feel about um, being exposed to watching porn with your husband or your significant other and never watching it before, when you're before you're watching porn, be open minded of the fact that what would turn on your significant partner and what would turn you on and not necessarily you would do it in real life, but be open to watching all of it together because it's better being themselves in front of you sure sure and really giving each other freedom to freedom of get turned on yeah freedom of getting turned on freedom to think freedom to watch and feed freedom to what they like and dislike because 
physically they're not doing it, but it's it's good to put this opportunity of freedom of thought. So if they do something with you, they do it willingly, you know? Mm, yes. By choice, not something, oh, this is the area that he allows me to watch and this is the area he does not allow me to watch. Sure, which that rules-based kind of system that you saw so much yeah. growing up and have seen, it's got to be challenging. I mean, you seem really strong in spirit. Right. When you... When a paper from Pakistan writes about you in this negative way, or I'm sure you get the quote-unquote slut-shaming quite a bit, right? how does that feel and how do you deal with it? Speaking of slut-shaming, um, that's why Amber Rose has the slut-shame walk. Yes, that's powerful. Speaking of that, it's, it's, it's a reason why there is a slut-shame walk, you know, um, Amber Rose is always talking about, you know, um, if you feel like if you feel like being free or being sexually, if you want uh, the art of seduction, do it, you know? She doesn't say it for unnecessary reason. There's a reason behind it. It's because we're shamed upon being sexually active and we're, we're the sluts over here. But men, it's the norm since century and centuries on uh, how they they have a wife and then they have a mistress and then they go to a party where there's so many other a room of uh, brothels and prostitution back in the day. So it was just like, you know, main chick, side chick, hoes. It's the same thing. So now that us women are starting to be like, okay, well, I make my own money. Um, nobody wants a commitment with me. So I'll do the main dish, side dish, and have the hoes. And it's just like, no, you're but, slut. But they're not allowed to do it, yeah. Yeah, they're not allowed to do it. So, um... You know, and now there's so much equality, you know, there's majority of men in America are not stepping up as fathers. Now, if you see in statistics, a lot of majority of um, marriages are not working in America, you know. Yeah, I think it's like 51 percent or something. And now it's coming to the point where they're like. Okay, let's do co-parenting. We don't have to be together, but let's have this child together. Now there's healthy relationships or situationships that way. Like, let's have this child together. Sure. Let's do co-parenting and let's live each other's lives. And, you know, we both wanted a there's kid. There's respect there. Yeah. And, like, you know, I just read a study, too, that showed that couples that share household chores have more sex. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense to me, and I'm sure it does to you. It's like, you know, if, if the woman in a straight... Uh, gender identity uh, relationship if a man and a woman together are you know the woman is always expected to do all the cleaning and all that and the man is demanding sex that what you were talking about earlier you know that that's not going to be helpful for either of them as far as sex drive or pleasure or no. freedom yeah it's like it could, it could just work in this way like oh i work as an uh the, the husband probably is an rna and it works as a nurse he has long hours the other wife she has a nine to five they're like okay we're working crazy hours where can we go, come in and have a quickie and let's have a break? Or on my day off, I'll do this. On my day off, I'll do that. It should be equality. It should be equal. Um, it just depends. If he lacks something, clean it up. But encourage him to come up that level. Encourage him to come up that level. I just feel like with love, everything can not only heal, prosper, and improve. You know? Um yeah. 
that's what we lack in America sometimes because of the distressed life that we live in, that we just take it out on our significant other. Yeah. So um, I think uh, every week couples, um, like I'm going to answer the question for this person, every week you guys should watch a porn together that the significant other want, is curious about. Mm. Like every week, watch it how you feel about it, how the other person feels about it, and just encourage it. If the other person likes it, watch it for them and just have an open mind. The more open mind you have, the more understanding you have, the easier the relationship gets. Yeah, and it's really arousing when your a partner is turned on. You know, right. so when we open up instead of judging and really take pleasure and delight in that person's pleasure. Right. That's huge. And it's so freeing and you don't feel so upset or defensive. Because every time you say no, 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 and um, that's not right, the more the human instinct is to do the opposite. Yeah, very true. That's a really, really good point. I read that you asked to have the word Muslim taken out of your porn titles. Is that true? Excuse me? Taking the, the word Muslim out of porn titles. I read yeah, that you did I, that. I did do that because like um when you watch porn, um, you don't it's not like, oh, this is uh Jewish porn or Christianity porn, Hinduism porn. So why should it be Muslim porn? You know? Um, it just doesn't make sense in that factor. I'm very open minded to all religions and I'm I, I'm born here, but I just feel like it should be uh I feel like the media and everything that it's just so easy for, you know, us to be like, oh, that's Muslim porn or Islamic porn by nature um, because of what's out there. And we're not educated for that. I just feel like that's why I'm reinforces it saying, well, you know, it's not Christian porn. It's not Judaism porn. So let's not put Muslim porn. It just, that's a really good point. Yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. Do you feel racism in our culture here, aside from your porn career, do you feel, feel like there's like a lot of there? I feel like um, there is a lot of politics and a lot of racism that is still going on right now, and that's another thing I want to talk about outside of outside of our um, interview, um, like that shooting that happened, um, where a, a father of many kids died recently um he did not have a gun he didn't have anything in his pockets and you know the police officer just shot him um whether it was racist or not um i just feel like as a human being um that should have been the first instinct he could have been tased he could have been um tased he could have been um armed down by two officers. He was not of, of any harm. And I just feel like um, there's a pattern going on. Very much so. Increasingly so. We had two shootings just in the last couple yes, of days. Yes, and this has nothing to do with me, Islamic, Muslim, terrorism. As a human, you're saying. That, As a yeah. human, I just feel like uh, there's the justice is not uh, leveled out and balanced because how many times are you going to give no conviction, no conviction, no conviction, no conviction to the next officer? Yeah. Next well, officer? we had the, uh, the white preppy athlete boy who, who raped an unconscious woman who gets like six weeks or whatever. Yes. And then we have black men and boys being shot when they are, you know, there's right. so much fear embedded into the culture and something really needs right. to and change. And this is not just for Muslim, um, Hispanic people. This is for everybody. Um, I just feel like the equality 
still lacks in this generation, which is sad because now we're living in a world of popularity, viewers, high in demand, marketing, technology, technology and marketing. And we're bringing it together and technology marketing. What is the buzz, the buzz, the service? You know, it's it's going to an escalated uh, situation in our generation. And it all started from California, the Bay Area with the technology and, and all that. And I just feel like since this technology has taken so much and it's not it's not about now uh, racism or anything like that. Whoever is smart and whoever can bring the next thing to this universe mm-hmm. is going to make the million bucks, honestly, right? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I think it's interesting because the, the boom in technology, wh- one thing I think that's happened is it has allowed so much more exposure to racism and right. sexism and misogyny. Right. I hear people say, oh, let's make it like the good old days when it's like there were no good old days. days. There there was just nobody knew about it. Now there's video. People shoot it on their phones and they post it online and, right. and all. Of that. And I know that technology has significantly changed the sexual culture and allowed for a lot more, but also because we don't have a lot of sex ed, but we have porn on all of our, you know, we can get on any device and all of that. Uh, how do you feel as far as, I know you said porn can be educational about social issues and stuff like that. Do you feel like there's a lacking sex education in in Pakistan and also here? Yeah. I definitely think that in sex education, there's a lot of lacking, but I also feel like open-minded is uh, lacking as well. Like, there is no type of structure or systematic things. I feel like there is more uh, prisons than there is education. There's more prison money than there is also college funds or medical um, assistance, medical uh, benefits and college funds and educational things. There is systematics when it comes to math, algebra, calculus. There's a systematic of history and the history that's going on in this century. I just feel like when it comes to sexuality, there's a one-on-one. You get puberty. This is how you make kids. This is the birds and the bees. No, the life is not like that in 2016. You are exposed to everything, you know. You're Um, a sexual being from the time you're born, right? And it's not like how you said that um, the education that you learned was a lot about puberty, right? I remember learning about menstruation and nothing else. I was humping pillows by of of the age of seven or eight, and I didn't know why I felt good to hump a pillow. I did not know why it felt good. Um, I never had that conversation with my mom. Only a conversation I had with my mom was about um, period. How intercourse happens, my sister told me about it. She didn't tell me what position goes away. He is just basically the guy got the key. You are the door. Boom. That was your talk? Yeah. <laughs> the key in the door. the door. Oh, my gosh. So what do your parents and family, your sister, what does your close family think of your career? Because now it's very public. Um, it's on Islamic. It's it's uh it's um it's against our religion. This is this is something that you should encourage yourself to be forgiven, repent, and transition in your career. I get encouraged to do that. Um, they're like, you know, um, they're not happy about the stuff that's on Instagram, social media, and all that um do they follow your accounts and the only account that they follow is my facebook and my facebook is pretty clean because it's all about my beauty stuff and because you're in you're in beauty school or Uh, i read that you're planning to go into beauty um actually i already um before i got into 
escorting and all that, I was already a beautician. I was um, a licensed cosmetologist. I did a little bit of college um, for marketing and merchandising and stuff. Um, and I've done, I've been a beauty advisor at Sephora. So I was a total normal person as well. But um, I felt like this was a little bit more exciting. Um, and I wanted to open up my own beauty bar and be the boss of my own. So I felt like this was a great way to get fast cash and you know, and now I am transitioning to that career and I'm hoping to open up my beauty bar by next spring or, you know, by next year and stuff. So I'm working towards that. But uh, I just feel, I don't have any regrets of what journey I did to get to that place because yeah. now I feel like I, under I understand women no more. I understand men more. Before I used to do 80 percent men haircuts to now really understanding men from in and out, you know, and then literally, huh? And then women, yeah. I can understand their suppression, their yeah. their pressure, or an independent woman, a suppressed woman. I'm very like opened eye to everything, which is great for my customer service and is great to bring people in. Yeah, to be inclusive and welcoming. I think those are the best places to be, like the pleasure chest. I just yeah. uh, did an interview there for this last episode, right. and you walk into that store, and it's like. Most sex stores that I've been to are, like, very dark, and you feel a little creepy in there. Yeah. And you walk in, and it's like you just know that you're welcome, and it's colorful, and it's vibrant, and a really kind person welcomes you, and they give you space, but they and answer they give questions. You, they also give you a like, personal experience because they've been there, done that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. So you have empathy. And yeah. so a lot of that, so you feel that porn and your work as an escort and all that has helped you understand that more. Just understand men and women in general and have like an open understanding to what it is and what their needs are. So yeah, I would have a beauty bar, but I would have like apple cider, champagne, just to like take them off the edge, you know, um, kind of like a beauty lounge. Nice. Kind of, like, of course, it's going to be like luxury and glam bar, but also like chill, laid back and relax and being able to talk about anything anything in my beauty bar you know yeah and um, in, in the beauty industry in any business 101 you do not talk about religion and politics but you talk about everything else but in my beauty bar is just like it's so open so it's not like some type of uh like a conflict between each other you don't have to censor yourself yeah yeah you do not have to censor yourself you can be very open-minded no I taboo no yeah. offending anyone because I would say everything I do is kind of like democratic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's so interesting is – so this show has been going on for a couple of years, two and a half years about. And I've learned so much from adult stars. And I found that many of them are some of the most open-minded and kind and generous people. Right. Maybe for some of those very reasons. Do you feel like there are – misperceptions about the adult industry do you ever feel oh yeah we get um i do have a misperception everybody that thinks about it escort they always automatically thinks about a suppressed prostitute that's poor doesn't know what they're doing with their money that's like the first picture that they get forced into it yeah, yeah. and then and second like if she's a dancer um she's willing to be a whore like if she's a dancer there's no respect over there because she's willing to be a whore she's willing to sleep with anyone but the the uh the art of being a stripper is the fact that they give you the the idea of being with them without actually being with them that's the art of being a dancer which i am in the career now that because i'm not doing porn or escorting right now i'm 
in dancing is because I have explored those areas now. I have I have the tools, the art of seduction, the art of being desired without fulfilling any needs. Mm. So um, th- that's that's like a great quality you should have is giving the desire of without fulfilling any needs but they fulfill their own there's a huge art to that i'm sure yeah because um that's what global voice is about too you know the art of desire and they fulfill their own needs by coming onto the show listening to the show and kind of you know figuring out what it is that they want as an individual and um it's so important to just bring that out in the universe now because um in this generation living suppressed or this is right this is wrong or you should stay away from that you should not stay away from that it doesn't work when there's so much technology is like you can do this now you can go around because now uber is a great business but they do not own not one vehicle why is it that that they're the number one taxi transportation, but do they they do not own any one vehicle? How does that work? Yeah, it's fascinating. How does it? that work that they they do not take any responsibility of that vehicle? But they're the, like the sex workers of the transportation business, is exactly. what you're saying. <laughs> and now there's so many ways to go around the situation of any type of business. More it, options. More options. Yeah. So now there's um, Postmates, like. They um they do not play pay anybody on payroll, but the fact that anybody can do a job of picking up groceries, vacuuming, or anything like that, or Airbnb, they do not owe uh, own any type of real estate, but they are an owner of a business of a living situation as an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically in between hotel room to um uh a luxury house they're in between but they do not own any property uber they have transportation but they do but not no own cars so it's yeah. it's less black and white and i think we our culture likes to see sex as black and white too yeah. like it has to be this very specific way and happen this specific way and i think the adult industry really sheds light on the many i mean there's something out there for everyone there's all these different kinds of fantasies and yeah, it's, it turns me on to the fact that even though i will even though I will not do it, um, the fact that I see this in my direct messages, um, me and my wife wants, want, want you, how we can make that happen, that me and my wife want you to feel like, you know, it's a personal choice together is yeah. such a turn on for me. Yeah. Have you seen the show Gigolos? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I interviewed Nick Hawk, one of the, he's a real gigolo. So there are these, um, Gigolos in Vegas, and it's like one of the only, if not the only, place where primarily women go to have their sexual fantasies, with you know, men. come to life with men. Yeah, and sometimes it's couples too. And I think that those stories, I think, are really arousing and empowering and exciting when it's some this new adventure that that you're doing together, and and that's yeah, exciting. It's, it's the fact that you know when I see couples in a strip club and they come together and. The girl is throwing the money at the girl, and the girl's getting turned on. Like, the guy is just handing her money, and she's just kind of taking control to what she wants to do. That's empowering. And the fact that, oh, me and my wife want you. What, what can we do, even though it's not going to happen? Is this the fact that uh, the idea of making the choice together is so uh, such a turn on? Yeah, I think it's a great thing to think about if you're in, like, a long-term monogamous relationship to talk about your fantasies. I mean, it's great early on, too. Yeah. But I think it's a great way to keep your sex life spicy and 
Because also our fantasies change, don't you think? Like, have your own fantasies changed because of porn and these different experiences? Um, my fantasies have changed. Um, I, I felt like, you know, um, escort porn industry was not going to change me. I was always going to keep this this way and personal life this way. It did work at one end, but coming towards the end and going towards the transition, I could feel like now that is a part of me. That is definitely a part of me. And that's something that does ended up turning me on because it became a habit. So you could bring it, some of what you do in porn into your relationship. I can bring my stuff to the relationship. Um, my my partner has to be open minded, but you always ha- you always have to understand that it takes time for the other person to understand you. I mean, to understand me in general, because not every man is going to come from the world that I have came from. Mm-hmm. So I have to kind of be the the lead to the bedroom, basically. So Yeah. Before I let you go, I would love to find out uh, what is one thing that you want everyone to know about pleasure? Pleasure does exist, and you just have to find it. Um, and I have... Uh, have made a platform for women in the Middle East um, country by um, basically having, um, I'm going to create my own stream of uh, webcamming so they can basically webcam on in my website where um, all the women, all the men of any type can um, webcam on my website and um, that's how they can build their own viewers yeah the money will come in but the fact that you just put it out there expression expression and the viewers will you know definitely tip you or spoil you or you know um creating that environment because there is somewhere uh, someone out there that feel the same way as you but you shouldn't neglect it or like this is how I feel, but no one feels that way. No, you're not going to be happy. There is someone that feels the same way. And uh, be open-minded. Be definitely open-minded. The open-minded that you are, the more doors you open for yourself. So Very well said. And yeah. how can we learn more about you? You can definitely learn a lot about me on my Twitter, which is Nadia underscore Ali underscore triple X. And don't forget to follow me on my Instagram because I do promote many, many clubs that I do dance at. And I encourage you to come see me in person because um, I might blow your mind in person, you know. Um, Real Nadia Ali is my Instagram. Um, also follow me on my Periscope stream. It's called So S O Nadia Ali. Um, I am um, going to start doing Cam Soda soon, so look out for that. Exciting. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was super fun to chat with you. Thank you. If y'all are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes so you will never miss a beat. And while you're there, you can leave us a rating and quick review. We so appreciate the support. For more Girl Boner fun, visit my website, augustmclaughlin.com, or you can go to girlboner.org now, and it takes you straight there. Thanks so much for listening, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.